Blog Talk Radio. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da 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 dee. La da 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 da. Charleston was once the rage, huh?
settle everybody down and get on down to business, get on down to work, and get some good stuff done. <clears throat> this is a show that is brought to you by the Human Solution International. Thank you very much. And um, I happen to be the CEO of the Human Solution International, and it is a 501c3 nonprofit uh, civil rights organization that I am extremely proud of. And we are growing this organization, not so much the way we used to, where I was in an all-fired hurry to make sure we could get every member in here and, and grow the chapter as big as we could and do everything we could to be big in numbers. Um, numbers are great, but what I found with all the big numbers was that um, the bigger you are, in some cases, the weaker you get because you bring in folks that don't have that heart, that soul, the thing that um, makes us so amazing. And so in recent days, I have focused more on building the organization from the inside and growing strong rather than large. And the large will come when the strength is sufficient. And that's what I've found. If you build it, they will come. Well, you know what, we've been around now for about nine years, and we've built it when we needed to, and it's shrunk back when we didn't nurture it, and we built it again when we needed to, and it shrunk back when it needed to or when we let it. And so here we are. It's now 2018, May 2018. We got this catchphrase of legalize it all over the place, and that, frankly, I don't know, makes me wretch in my throat a little bit because legalize it is frankly the last thing in the world we need to do. It gives up our rights much more than it takes them. And as much as it's not what a lot of people want to hear, I have yet to have a single person come on this show and tell me the benefits of giving up our rights by saying legalize it, tax it, regulate it, make it under the government's thumb. When's the last time the government ever did anything right? Give me one example of the government doing something well besides blowing shit up. Because it's good at that. We know that. It's good at collecting taxes. We know that. What else? What else is it good at? We still have hunger. We still have homelessness. We still have joblessness. We still have all the civil problems we have. We have social inequities. We have uh, people locked up that don't belong locked up. We have every kind of problem that you could imagine. Government's bigger than ever. I don't know. I don't see it doing the job that we might think that it could. So why would we turn over our rights, give them up, so to speak, so that we can not be persecuted? I don't know. haven't yet had anybody explain that one to me. So... Therefore, I'm going to continue on my mission to completely end prohibition. And I'm going to share the vision that I shared last week a little bit at the end of the show. I'm going to bring it on in the beginning of the show. This is a show that is, um, in fact, I'm going to share it right now just to get in things interesting. Sorry for the pregnant pause. Actually, while I'm pregnant pausing, I got Kathy Z on the line. She has some things she wants to talk about. The theme topic of the show today 
is let's get educated. Let's decide what it is that we're going to do and share with us what you think we could do, might could do, would do, will do. Notice do being the operative word here. Act, action, do. We don't do enough. We talk about it. We get these ideas. I don't know how many meetings I've had over the years of everybody with their great idea. And then when it comes down to the doing part, there's the fabulous four that do it all. Well, okay, that's one way, but maybe there's a better way. And I would like to hear from you all what that could be and what are you willing to do to make this better. We're going to be doing some giveaways today. We're going to be having some uh, um, some prizes, and I've got a whole bunch of uh, Peter McWilliams shirts that were donated by uh, Julia Rose, and I think those might be a great place to start because Peter McWilliams was a guy that did a lot. He wrote proficiently, um, prolifically. He wrote poems and stories, and he uh, was a motivator. He was a person who um, shared the realness of humanity in a way that was impactful. He was a person who ultimately died in a way that could have been prevented, and it was what? Prohibition! That was the source of all that. Prohibition. So we're going to jump back into my little dream about a world where we don't have that prohibition, and I'll describe it in detail best as I can. Hopefully, we can all see it. Hopefully, we can all realize it. Hopefully, we can all make it happen. It's not about just passing a law, folks. There's so much to it. When we demand it, it will happen. When we demand it, it will happen. Just like always. Just like every point in history, when we demanded it, it happened. What's up? Why don't we demand it? Okay, well, we're going to find that question out. So here's the, how today is going to work. Number one, the uh, podcast is being shared right now on my public figure page, and that is Joe Grumbine, whatever, public figure page, however that works out. And hopefully, there we go, I'm just typing in live. And it says we've got 10 people watching right now. Well, good job, everybody. 10 people. Glenn Keeling, Robert Schramm, Laura Roberts. What do we want? We want justice and liberty, and we want it now. we got Glenn Keeling, Pete Yapel, Tara Carl, and Laura Roberts still, Kathy Z. That's what i got on the podcast right now that I can see, okay? Um, we're going to be doing some trivia questions today, little little fun and games. First of all, we need some questions. And I welcome them. You can call up, pick up your phone, and dial 646-929-2495. If somebody could type that in to the notes on this thing, then everybody can see it. 646-929-2495. And if you have a question, or when I pose a question, if you have an answer, you can call up our amazing screener, non-compliant Mary, and say, ooh, I got a question, or ooh, I got an answer. And she will type up in her little magic book, and I'll be able to see it. And anybody who pops up with a question or an answer, you'll get preferential treatment, because that's the kind of day this is. So again, pick up the phone, dial 646-929-2495, either to talk 
or to share a question or uh, to pose an answer. And the same thing goes through with the Facebook live stream. Um, I'm going to try to follow along with the live stream best as I can. Lisa's going to help me. And if we can get a question and somebody either answers it on the phone or on the live stream, we will be given prizes all day long today. So the very first question I have is going to be about the human solution. It could be about anything prohibition ending related. It could be a factoid about the cannabis plant of any kind, the medicine, if you want to talk about that, if you want to talk about the history of cannabis, the history of cannabis prohibition, um, anything about the Human Solution International, any factoid about our existence, um, anything that you might find interesting. Again, I'm planning on giving out a bunch of prizes today, and um, that's just how we're going to do it. So the very first question I have for you all, and maybe Lisa can type it up into the uh, the live stream feed. What was the very first case that the Human Solution officially supported besides mine? There was one case that was the very first one, and somewhere out there, there's a picture of us all standing in front of a courthouse where we had taken our first court support picture that was not one of my hearings. And who was it? And if you just know who it was, I'll talk about the case. So that's it. That's the first question. Um, so, and if you have another question, I could certainly use one. I could use a bunch, but you know me, I got lots of words in this head of mine and I don't mind spewing them out if need be. But I do want to give some prizes away. So that's kind of a obscure question that's going to require either some knowledge about the Human Solution International or somebody who's been around that long. Um, if you know, you know. You get to win a prize. All right, Kathy Z. She is a Human Solution board member. She's a lifetime member. She's one of the very few lifetime members. She personally bailed my ass out of jail not once but twice and um, made it so that I could fight this battle that I fight and that we fight, and I think that's a big part of all of this. I think a big part that, first of all, I want to get to is as we're educating ourselves and each other, one of the key things that I think, I think that we need to find a way to work better together. I think that there's a lot of one-man shows out there, one-woman shows. There's a lot of little teeny groups that have four people in it, and they go and they do their thing. Uh, there's a lot of individuals that are their sole pioneers that get out there and do it. But just imagine, as I can, imagine a world where we could come up with this idea and we could get it out there, we could look at it, we could bring the people together that shared that idea, that vision, brought them together in a room, an electronic room, a real room, doesn't matter, a combination of all these things, and that we could work together as a team on just about everything and we'd be stronger for doing it. We'd get better at it for doing it, and ultimately, quicker than later, we would win. We would do it. We would win. All right? What does it mean when we win? How do we know when we win? Well, guess what? We win when there is nobody in jail anymore or prison for this plant. That's all. Sounds simple to me. When there isn't anybody locked up anymore for this plant. Why? Because you don't get locked up anymore. That's when we win. 
Not a second before that. It just can't happen. Well, there's one person locked up for pot. We haven't won because somebody's rights have still been taken away. All right, Kathy Z, let's see what she has to say. And welcome to the show, my friend, Kathy Z. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Joe. I wanted to call and and talk about education because that's always been important to me as a nursing educator. And uh, I'm glad that we're discussing it today. Um, We have to... The the we have to change the attitude and as well as the understanding that people have about what this is as a medicine. After 49 years of using it as medicine, I've seen a big change as education has come along, and each of us can educate in our daily life. I go to a lot of doctor appointments and uh, acupuncture all over the place. And each of them, whether I'm in a grocery store line, if there's an opportunity or even if there's sometimes not an opportunity, I will bring it up and just give a positive comment, encouragement. And if each of us did that in our daily life, it would help get this message across. And then uh, if uh, we're able in a bigger menu to teach, uh, it's so important because education is where we get the difference between legalization and just being rid of all this prohibition. Um, Thank you, Joe. All right. So I think that's definitely um, a key to this is having the conversation, talking to people as we go. One of the reasons that we have this little solidarity ribbon is it inspires conversation. I don't know how many people over the years have asked me, what's the ribbon about? And start talking about it. You know, I've had everybody from uh, bailiffs in court to uh, TSA agents getting on an airplane to, um, you know, people in an elevator, people at the hardware store, wherever it is. And I would say probably better than 90% of the of the experience I've had um, of the conversations that have come out of just wearing this ribbon have been positive. Every once in a while you get somebody that, you know, gives you the wrinkled nose, but whatever. I mean, you get that wherever you go. So certainly uh, just being willing to talk about it, having a knowledge about what you're talking about. Um, having talking points I think is an important thing. Um, I think that, like anything, if we train, um, if we work at, if we work at what we do, we will get better at it. And I, in all the years that I've been doing this, I don't know that I've ever done a session where we just trained about, you know, questions and answers about, um, you know, doing some role playing about, um, you know, what do you say to somebody? Normally, you get. I don't know, what's the rule, 20 seconds or something like that? You get your elevator pitch. You have the amount of time of, hey, how's it going? What's up with this? And you have, boom, you have a few seconds, literally, to get your point apart across. And if you do it, if you accomplish it, then you're in. You've started a dialogue. You've, you've opened up a window. You've opened up a, a mind. <laughs> that's where it all begins. It all begins 
with that 20-second elevator pitch. And I wonder if we were to practice that, if we were to work on, <coughs> excuse me, talking points, um, maybe we would do better. Maybe we would be better at this. I don't know how many times uh, I've been out at courthouses and, and uh, uh, rallies and events, wherever we are, you know, tabling um, at, at events, whatnot, and I've listened intently to everybody's responses when people say, well, what are you guys about? What do you guys do? And I know that um, towards the end of the day, if we're working an event, the message gets better. And then you think to yourself, well, why is that? Why? Because you've been doing it over and over again. And the things that work, you resonate with. And the things that don't work, hopefully you avoid. Uh, we feed off of each other. We begin conversations that two or three different people can participate in. These are things that I've seen that work. But I have yet to really see in almost 10 years of doing this, uh, anybody come up and say, hey, let's do a sesh. Let's sit down and have a meeting or, or have a, um, uh, an exercise of questions and answers. You know, I don't know why we don't do that. My thinking is maybe we'd be, um, maybe we would be successful at that. I don't know. Anyways, I think that we should. I think that it would be great if we did, and <coughs> maybe that's what we're doing here right now. All right. I got Laura Roberts on the phone here, and she's got something to say. <coughs> I'm sorry. I don't have a cough button. This is a low-budget show, folks. I'm going to have to deal with it. I appreciate everybody that's sharing this uh podcast right now. Remember the call in number is 646-929-2495 and if you missed this or any part of it, it's archived. You can go back and listen to any uh, edition of it. I, If we don't have them all on the website, we have some of them and we will at one point. Um, that's why we do this. We have a conversation <clears throat> that's memorialized because in these conversations, this is like Jeez, almost five years I think we've been doing a radio show of sorts. And every single episode is archived somewhere. And if you go back and listen to them or watch them, as the case can and may be, uh, you get a, a slice of our history. You get to see where we came from, the conversations we were having five years ago and the conversations we're having today. <coughs> Unfortunately, in many ways, are still the same. We're still battling cannabis prohibition. Year after year, state after state, passes a law, something happens, we're making more progress, but there's still people locked up, there's still people getting locked up, and there's still people losing their property. Every single week I see some GoFundMe page saying, give me money because I lost my kid because of cannabis. Give me money because I lost my job because of cannabis. Give me money because... I have a court case, and I don't know what to do. When I think to myself, I know what we could do. What if we all stood together? What if we all stood together and decided to make a plan and fight like we have done in the past successfully, I might add? What if we were to do that? What are you going to do with money? You throw money at the court, what do they do? They eat it. They take it. What are you going to do? You get a lawyer? Ooh, get a lawyer. He'll fix it for me. How well has that worked out for you all? I have yet to see one case where the lawyer did all the work and solved the problem. I haven't yet to see a single case. We got a couple good lawyers. Got a good lawyer up in uh, uh, NorCal, Joseph Tully, 
I'll give him a shout out. Um, he's done a lot of good for a lot of folks. Um, and there's a guy down in uh, <coughs> San Diego. He never came on the show, so I'm not going to give out his name. But there's a good guy <coughs> who has done good and has helped out a number of folks down there. Um, that all being said, there's a guy in Michigan that's done some good. Um, there's, you know, a few people here and there that have done some good. But the point is, throwing money at this problem is very seldom the answer, and you'll probably won't have enough money to throw at it. I've seen GoFundMe pages come up and go down and thousands of dollars raised, and never once have I seen an effect that came from that that was valid. Never once. So, unfortunately, that's everybody's answer. It seems to have died off lately, or at least more. But you still see them. You still see the soul warriors out there. Help me. I'm fighting. Well, what the hell? Why don't you reach out to a group that will help you? Why don't we stand together and help those people that are fighting? Maybe maybe that's an answer. I don't know. I keep saying it. Maybe it works. All right, let's talk to Laura Roberts. Laura Roberts is another angel. Laura Roberts also got my ass out of jail. Um, the first time I was locked up, not the very first time, but the first time um, that I was charged with, I don't know, God, what was it, uh, 17 or 30 felonies or something like that, um, they tossed me into the Twin Towers right out of the, right out of court. And uh, I had no idea what the hell was going to happen. And I sat in there for, I don't know, it was like three days or something like that. It wasn't a, a huge amount of time. But the time that I was in there, I literally had no idea if I was ever going to get out. And uh, Laura Roberts, uh, who I've known for a long time, and we were good friends at the time. Clearly, we're better friends now, <laughs> as you might imagine. But the point is, uh, Laura got what this was about. Laura got that standing up to fight for a cannabis case when nobody else was was important, and she got that this organization that was coming out of it was important, and she's been a dedicated part of this organization. She's also a lifetime member of this organization. In spite of that, she's been a, a, a great donor and advocate. Advocate. She's come out to I don't know how many uh, court court dates over the years, and, and, you know, she gets it. She gets what this is all about, and it's deeper than, you know, me, it's deeper than you, it's deeper than, um, you know, any one case or another case. It is more about the collective mindset, the public sentiment, the cry for freedom, the, the hunger for liberty, the need, the, the, the deep, soulful need to be free, and she understands that. So <clears throat> in spite of um, all my verbosity, I have... My dear friend, Laura Roberts, she's got something to say. Laura, welcome Hello. to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, pretty good. How are you? So great to hear from you and, and all that blah, blah, blah stuff. But, I mean, it is true. It's still the best investment I've ever made. And at a point, you know, where, you know, now I'm at disability, you know, there are a lot of important choices to make. And it was. It's important to stand up for our rights and... And you know, have a voice, and and especially when you see wrong, you got to say something about it. I think the state of the world is greatly diminished because people are not willing to go. Hey, that's not okay. I don't like that. This is why 
blah, blah, blah. People just sit there and do nothing or take pictures of it, videos of it. Like, how, what level of insanity is that? I just don't get it. But I love that I am a part of this family that just fights and is willing to still stand up. And I agree with you that legalizing isn't the answer. Um, You know, we've made these little steps, which are awesome, in helping people have, you know, be able to hold their jobs and be able to get medical care. I'm a veteran and have always, any doctor I've ever gone to, I've said I've used marijuana. So, you know, and or CBD whatever products I'm using, and um, I'm happy to say once again, even though life decided to kick my ass again, um, I went back to natural products and I'm only on a very, like a quarter of a dose of an antidepressant. (laughs) And yes, this might be a psychological tool, but, you know, now I'm using the Flower Power or AOK products, so... I mean, seriously, and I i mean, recently had to take a pretty good dose of the ibuprofen that I have um, just because I've been pushing myself. Oh, is that Craig? Laura, this is Craig Cecil calling in from Federal Prison, Woo-hoo. so we're going to, uh, you can stay on the line, but we're going to give him his 15 minutes here. All right, I'll be listening. Excellent. Hang up to decline the call or to accept dial 5 now. If you wish. Craig Cecil, how are you doing today? Hello, Joe. It's beautiful in uh, Terre Haute, Indiana today. Right now, if the sun's still up, it's, I don't know, probably in the uh, low 80s. And it's a pretty nice day, about as nice as you get here. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. This is maybe the first time. In all the time that we've talked that we've had a very similar day, almost always, no matter what, California and, and Indiana is just like not, the weather's never the same. But today was another picture-perfect spring day, and the sun's still up uh, over here, and uh, it was probably about 80 today, really just a gorgeous, gorgeous day. Well, it's about time. <laughs> I had a little fun uh, last week, and uh, I've been getting razzed today about it. Um, Wednesday in the Bureau of Prisons, they serve hamburgers for lunch, hamburger and fries. Okay. And, uh, according to their national menu, by their own policy, they're supposed to start out with a quarter-pound burger of 80% lean beef or ground beef. And uh, so that way they end up with at least 3.2 ounces in the hamburger. Okay. Well, our, hamburg- our hamburgers were very obviously much less than that. <laughs> so I just happened to approach the warden one day because he was standing next to the food, and I said, you know, this isn't near what we're supposed to get. And he says, if you can prove it to me, I'll do something. Mm. Well, last week I took him up on it. <laughs> <laughs> I put the hamburger in my pocket, and uh, through my resources here, I, I had it all sealed up in like a seal of mill kind of plastic thing. I weighed it all with some real fancy scales. It weighed 1.9 ounces. <laughs> Whoa, that's about half of what it's supposed to. Right. And I also, I get all the information about what we're supposed to get. I, I get it through Freedom of Information requests. 
to the central office in Washington, D.C. So I took out all the the pages that applied to that meal and to that hamburger and all that, and I highlighted everything that, you know, what we're supposed to get. And then, you know, of course, this burger and the seal of meal that's all marked up with his, what it weighs and everything. And I had everything all highlighted already. And <laughs> I brought it to the work. <laughs> and so what happened? Well, the funny part is, is the warden backed me up saying, wow, you're really prepared. So the staff were still trying to say that they were doing right and that there was nothing wrong with the hamburger, but the warden ended up backing, backing me up. And he apparently had a big meeting with the uh, food service people about it and all that, and I really don't know what the results of that is. But the funny part is, today, they obviously, you know, have the same hamburger still. Today they cook the hamburgers and they they burn them. I mean they were they were way overcooked. So apparently the gossip had all gotten around to me bringing this to the warden and everything. And I had probably the better part of a hundred people coming to me and saying, you know what? <laughs> no. Our hamburgers were smaller today. Your thing didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But it still might work. I'm excited about the prospect that. We may get some bigger hamburgers. They might be compliant hamburgers. There you go. Or maybe give you two. I mean, that wouldn't be bad, would it? Oh, it is. It is. And like I say, just being prepared, I think, made the difference. And so far, the warden's backing me up. So we'll see where that goes. Well, well, that's I'm impressed. So um, what about the softball league? How's that going? you have a good – any games between last time and now? I'm sorry. You were, you were kind of – Broken up there. What about the softball league? How how is that coming along? Did the uh, the part? I'm sorry. No. What about the softball league? How is that going? The softball. The softball. The the softball league. Yes, uh, let's call 
I actually sit on the Supreme Court and vote on the Supreme Court. There we go. So that wouldn't include, like, the retired members. Right, right, right. And then we also have, um, I wonder if anybody could actually guess all of their names. That would be another deeper answer to that. I mean, I suppose it's easy enough now people could just look it up, but um, certainly, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's important to have these kinds of discussions because it causes people to actually have to pay attention to how our government works. And I think as people understand it a little bit more, um, I, I, th I think maybe they realize that they can, should, and maybe need to get more involved. When you start looking at some of the people that are sitting in positions of power and you look at their points of view or their voting record or the things that they're doing, you have to wonder, how the hell did that happen, you know? And then you look back and you look at the voting record of the, of the United States um, registered voters and how many of them actually get out and vote. And you say to yourself, "Oh, now I see." So I, I'm, I'm hoping certainly that we can, uh, uh, you know, get people a little bit more engaged. And so often the Supreme Court has really exercised its muscle. I mean, so many times they've overridden what people have actually voted for. They've overridden, you know, what our legislatures have actually passed, and you know, so they. They're, I mean, as you say, they really have a big effect on, you know, how the country is run and just what the power of the government is and more so what the power and the rights of the people are. Well, it's, it's very true. And, um, you know, I, I think that the Supreme Court ultimately codifies laws that have been passed and, and you know, clarifies constitutionality of things. And a lot of times the law gets passed and it maybe shouldn't have got passed, or maybe it got passed and it's a little vague, and that the Supreme Court uh, issues rulings that clarify uh, things, and in many cases they're pretty important things <laughs> and that affect our rights. So I think that, you know, paying attention to this stuff is kind of important. And when you see what happens with the politics of these justices and how, you know, whole parties are, are, are uh, you know, politicking rather than thinking in the best interest of the country, um, hopefully, you know, people will, again, wake up, get pissed off, and maybe make a decision to start voting some of these boneheads out. Not justices, because we don't have a vote on that, but the people that have that influence. I agree, I agree. Because, you know, as, as you say, I mean, just look at the, the big switches that the Supreme Court has made, like with the... Uh, gay marriage issue. Sure. You know, I mean, now really, they, they don't even, the federal government really doesn't have the power even to regulate uh, marriages, but they made it so that every state has to make laws to allow gay marriage. So, I mean, you know, think of how many different things they can do to tell the states, you know, that you have to make laws permitting this or not permitting that. You know, I mean, that, that's kind of a scary proposition, really. It's a very scary proposition because what it does, and even if in the, in the sense of it being a benevolent act, you know, even if it's the right thing to do, it wasn't necessarily their thing to do. It wasn't something they should have had the power to do, and yet we allowed it. It, it, it happened. Hey, Craig, you got your first beep. I'm going to go ahead and turn it over and let you finish it out. 
Okay, but again, you know, my push is that Supreme Court, you know, just picking up and making laws out of out of nothing and all that, they're still accountable or they can still be overridden by our legislature. So we need to get to the congressman and say, you know, why why has the Congress not decriminalizing marijuana? When so many people want this, why aren't they bringing it for a vote? They bring all these other things for a vote that seem to be a, a lot less significant, but we need them to get it up for a vote, and we need them to put them on a, on a record in this election year where they stand. I couldn't agree more, and I think that's one of the things we're pushing to do is, you know, to have that conversation with these people. And in spite of the fact that the law is part of the equation, uh, having that conversation is certainly uh, maybe even a bigger part. And I hear the static has gone off, and that means Craig's been cut off, as he always does. But he gets his 15 minutes, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that we're able to give that 15 minutes to it. So I'm looking through the notes or the comments on the live feed, and it appears that Glenn Keeling uh, came up with the, uh, with the answer, the correct answer first. And the answer, of course, is nine. There's one um, chief justice and eight associate justices. And that makes up the Supreme Court. And um, currently all the seats are filled, so there are eight Supreme Court justices. Um, this is an important thing. These, these, uh, these appointments are some of the most powerful people on the planet. And, you know, it's a big deal when it happens. But, again, when you have whole political parties unwilling to vote to um, approve a, an appointment because the president will make an appointment, but they have to get approved. They have to go through the whole approval process. And if the um, if the, the Congress people, the people that are uh, in, capable or able to make these approvals won't do it, which in the last couple of years there was this big stalemate, and the Republican Party wouldn't uh, approve the candidate at the end of Obama's term, and now, then the Democrats wouldn't approve it in the beginning of Trump's term, and then finally, you know, we got one to go through. But the point is, it just becomes so political. And what about doing the right thing? What about doing the right thing? Neither party has it right, I can assure you. Neither party has it right. If one party had it right or the other party had it right, this country would be very different than it is because both parties have had total power in the last 20 years, and neither one of them fixed the country. Our budget is, our, our debt has gone steadily higher, continually higher. Each president that sits in office assumes more and more power. The executive order has become the new way of passing laws. What the hell has happened? And it just keeps getting worse, not better. And it doesn't seem to matter who's in power. It doesn't matter who, uh, who owns Congress or the Senate. It doesn't seem to matter. What's up? What's up with all that? I don't know. The people. We the people. Maybe we the people could, should, and will do something about it one day. All right, back to Laura. Laura Roberts, you're back live on the air, and let's hear what you think about what can we do, what should we do, how do we 
how do we move forward? How do we bring about awareness? What what can and should we do? Well, I think um, you know what we're saying is true. We should bring it up. We should talk about it. It's kind of you know like my um, walk with the Lord, comparing that you know it's like how do you spread the word? Oh, you talk about it. Oh, oh, okay. So yeah, you bring it up. I mean, people see the ribbon and go, oh, what's that for? I mean, I have even had discussions with people at church, and sometimes they don't turn out well, but it all turns out friendly, of course, but sometimes it's still disagreed upon, but I'm always willing to go, hey, I have all kinds of facts to back, um, stories, things to back up the facts that I'm telling you, so, you know, if you really want a discussion about it, we can have it, but of course, that's when people want to, you know, go, oh, no, that's okay, because, you know, then they will be disproven or whatever and I know some of it's you know emotional stuff I mean I've had people say you know my son or daughter killed themselves because of it I'm like well okay so not to be blunt but was there at all anything else going on oh well yeah this and that and the other I'm like okay so let's look at this realistically but of course you know like I said that this is the easy um, thing to blame you know and now that it's being shown that it is beneficial that all this stuff that the people that have actually used it have always said, hey, it's great. It, You know, we use it for our animals, for our children. Oh, my gosh, there's endless benefits for it. They've had to step up. You know, it's the peer pressure. It's the, it, we've used it, you know, society has just had to fall by their own little games. Oh, oh, all society is now going, woo, let's use this stuff. And they're like, oh, shoot, now we got to do something. But they're just doing it still to their benefit. So we still have to stress that it needs to just not be prohibited. I mean, if it's this beneficial and there's nothing that's ever been proven that it's never hurt anybody, killed anybody, I've seen it heal. Chihuahuas and chickens and myself and my pit bull. My pit bull loves when I get her Willow Creek Springs products out, the ones with CBD in it. I mean, you know, come on. If if the kids and the animals and our bodies are responding to it, where, what's to be prohibited? I mean, I'm off a medication that you know, eventually made my body just feel bad. My body starts revolting, and so the mainstream thing is to go, oh, let's give you something else. Here, let us help you with that problem, too, and pretty soon you have 20 pills, and your body's all out of whack, and you're going, well, I don't know what to do. Well, here you go. Here's natural products here in any form that it comes in. So, you know, we just have to stress that and be willing to open up that conversation with people. That's really it. And so um, the Orange County chapter of <laughs> of the Human Solution is moving to Idaho unless there's already one. And then, you know, if someone wants to kick Orange County's butt a little bit and try to get them proactive, then someone can take that part over. So that was my question was, is there a chapter in Idaho or not? Well, there was a chapter in Idaho a few years back, but it never really took root. So I think the people that were involved with that chapter have moved since then from Idaho. 
So I would certainly welcome there to be another chapter, and we've actually um, made it much easier for there to be a chapter. We've made it with a lot less restrictions and and uh, rigmarole. Um, we used to have a whole lot of, um, I don't know, requirements for a chapter to exist. But frankly, really, if if you're willing to uh, uh, take ownership and, and uh, participate the way we do, as you already know what to do, you're already a chapter coordinator, um, you can take it wherever you need to. Uh, we are currently having only one chapter in every state except for California, as we have two chapters in California. Um, and so um, it would be great to have a, a chapter in Idaho. It will certainly you and I need to talk because that's the first I've heard about this. But um, I, you know, no, no, you, you, guys, you guys have always heard wind of it. It just finally gets to happen. <laughs> I okay. finally get to well, leave this crazy ass place over here. But. Um, there's a whole nother story, and it's funny going through all my stuff. I found all the papers and stuff I wrote about the human solution. Because literally, guys, if you want some old school, like, univ or, um, you know, college stuff, I wrote my papers, I did my presentations, anything and everything that I could associate with the human solution. When I was in school at Saddleback, I did... There's a video out there somewhere on YouTube University about the human solution. Just plug it in, you'll see stuff. But, yeah, I came across papers. Um, why won't they legalize marijuana, which was a weird term, I guess, I used now that, you know, we're talking about that. But, um, and just, you know, the whole when the when the human solution was formed and just different things about it. But, um yeah, so that'll be good. Then I will look forward to trying to rally people up there, you know, um, a whole new chapter. <laughs> well, you know, where we're at right now, and I'll, and I'll just, you know, I think this is an important conversation to have. Um, the Human Solution has, in some way, shape, or form, over okay. 40 chapters across the country okay. and in, and in uh, Canada and um, uh, many of them are fairly inactive, but what we're doing okay. one by one is we're shaking them a little bit and and um, trying to bring a project to life, even if it's a small project, um, and whether it's an educational project or whether it's, a, you know, supporting a case that needs supporting or, um, you know, whatever. Maybe it's a, something a little bit more general than that. But I think that that's the key is, you know, let's let's set a course. Uh, once you get get established out there um, and, you know, get a couple of people together, and that's what we're doing, the leadership team of, of the Human Solution International, the national team, um, we're working with everybody that cares to be involved uh, on a deeper level. Uh, we're, we're working with you guys a lot more closely and spending yeah. time you know, raising you up and, and, and making you be part of a bigger team rather than just, you know, floating out there by yourself as it had been in the past, or at least had it, had it appeared to be in the past. It never was that way, but um, certainly, you know, that's what we're trying to do, be a little more cohesive. So I certainly would look forward to that, and, you know, anytime um, somebody picks up and moves along, um, you know, we have uh, Albert Thomas, who has reestablished himself in New Mexico, and once he gets himself a little settled in, we're going to have a 
a New Mexico chapter. And so, I mean, in the last in the last six months, we've got Ohio, uh, New York, and then New Mexico, and soon to be Idaho. So that's actually pretty cool. All right. <laughs> All right, Laura. Well, uh, I love you a lot, and I'm pleased to have you be part of the show, and um, we will continue sallying forth over the Muddy River. Any idea about my question, who the very first uh, coach support we did besides mine was? No, no, and I could... I couldn't. I know, and I couldn't remember. So there was a mention of some. And excuse me for using the terms, but literally was was it the Iranian dude? And I said was like, well, what about the other Chris? So no, I have no idea. I know I should know that, but I didn't even see it. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea, and I should know because I was probably even there. But oh, it might have been. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Again, love you lots, and uh, thank you for all of your service. As as if you don't know, Laura's also a veteran, and one of the things that we're doing, we're working with a veteran right now, um, and we're closer and closer to having a real veterans wing of the organization, and that's something that um, I've been wanting to do and trying to do for I don't know about six seven years, uh, and we'll be bringing more about that to life as it as it happens but um, no that'd be cool yeah once i'm like re like <laughs> re going well i am going forward but you know reestablished going in the next chapter of my life so there you go definitely get well, we involved with that and that's the only way we like to move so i i'm glad to see and hear that you're moving forward and uh, let's let's keep it moving all right love y'all Right, on, yep, we will. Okay, that's again Laura Roberts. She's been a member of this organization for her hell. Uh, kind of from the beginning. So that's what we like to see. That's what we like to hear. Okay, once again, um, well, let's see. Glenn Keeling, you won the first prize, and so I need to know what uh, size shirt that you have or want. And we'll make sure we get that out to you. I still owe you a package, and I will honor that sooner than later. And I apologize um, for letting that ball drop. Anyways, um, we got Creed Leffler. He's going to be coming on. And, you know, this is something that I do occasionally, and I just do it because I can. And um, sometimes I hijack somebody that's sitting on the line listening and I put them into a speaking position. So just realize that I can and do um, uh, exercise that right, as I have the button that can do it. And so um, I'm about to play that trump card right now, and no pun intended, actually, just um, just a phrase. So, again, the question today that we're bringing out to everybody is, what can you do to help in prohibition? Uh, so many people, and, and you know, most of the prisoners, the inmates that we support and help and want to help, their answer is very typically government-related because they're stuck in the government. And you know, we got to change the law. We got to pass this. We got to go talk to your congressman. Hey, I'm not opposed to that. I certainly think that's among the things we should do. Um, we're gonna. After this next call, I'm going to 
I'm, I'm logged into Congress.gov, and I'm going to tell you, folks, how many cannabis bills are currently stuck in committee. And why the hell is that? That's kind of important, I would think. How is it that we got all these bills submitted, but they're all stuck in committee, and never once does Congress vote on them because they never get out of committee. Been this way for years and years and years and years. Not once has Congress voted on a bill involving cannabis, specifically a bill, an actual bill, since the Controlled Substances Act. When they put it on the Controlled Substances Act as a Schedule One substance, having no known medical use, unable to um, do research, and no, you can't have it. You can't have any of it. All right, here we go. This is a hijack call. I'm about to call upon my dear friend, Dee Dee Kirkwood. And Dee Dee, you're live on the air. I'm just hijacking you for a brief moment, not to make you uncomfortable, but I just care a lot about what you have to say and what you think. And I know you've done so much good work. What do you think people can and should do to help us end prohibition? Oh, my gosh. Joe, can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you loud and clear. Oh my gosh, I wasn't expecting. <laughs> okay, so okay, so tell me, ask me the question again. Now I'm all nervous. Okay, what's the question? No, no, no reason to be nervous. It's just a phone call, just you, me, and about three, four million people. But the question <laughs> is, I care a lot about your point of view and your opinion about things, and you have been a person who has acted rather than just talked about and thought about and and whatnot. What do you think that somebody who doesn't know or maybe does, but what do you think that somebody could do or should do to help us in prohibition? Well, it's so personal that I just landed on my own personal path, which is these pot lifers. And so for me to reach out for a letter is something everybody can do. And we've talked about that, but I don't know. I, I just can't get past the personal of, of helping these that are already in with no way of getting out, the ones without parole. So so I really don't even have an answer for that because I'm just stuck in this personal world of, <laughs> of reaching out to these people who are going to die if we don't find a way out for them. But so I think that you, you yeah. already are bringing up an answer right there. I think bringing awareness to people in the general community that there are people that are currently serving life in prison without possibility of parole uh, for pot. And I think that, you know, by what you're doing in in bringing uh, awareness to this, um, I think uh, has more of an, an impact than you give yourself credit for. Um, and I, I think that a big part of the problem is that people don't realize that people are still getting locked up for cannabis. I think people just don't know that this even happens. I think that people are kind of stuck in a world where they see a dispensary on the side of the road, they see a billboard, they see some Viceland, you know, show that's glorifying, you know, quote-unquote legal pot, and they don't realize that prohibition still rages and that there are still people currently locked up for the rest of their life without any possibility of parole to get out. 
So exactly. I think that yeah. you're doing that. I think that that's, I think that's a perfect example of what somebody can do. So maybe the answer might be to um, learn about these pot prisoners and, and, and maybe interact with them or even more learn about them and bring them their awareness to somebody who might be able to do something about it. Um, yeah. You know, it seems that as we talk to these prisoners, they have similar experiences where the wardens and the inmates are all kind of baffled about why they're there. Like, I don't know of any of these guys that I've at least come in contact with that have had the opinion that they belong there. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. the wardens, the, the guards even, um, I've never heard an opinion that says, yeah, you're the kind of person that belongs in prison for life. And you never hear that. It's always, what the heck are you doing here? And Oh, oh you're that guy. You're that guy that's, that's you know, serving life. Um, yeah. You know, and so I think, again, bringing this awareness is, is a piece of the puzzle. I think it's, it's a very important piece of the puzzle. So, um, again, yeah. I appreciate you and everything you do. And um, yeah. it's certainly just, just I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable, but I'd like to <laughs> hear these points of view. I'm trying to get more people to participate and jump in and have their point of yeah. view because that's what this show is supposed to and be about. And I can play it. Mary, jump in right now. I just want to say, Dee Dee, what an awesome response, and I think you should get a prize. <laughs> I really do. Well, All right. You know I what, Mary? I'm going to take, take your suggestion <laughs> under consideration. And, um, Dee, we have a, a Peter McWilliams shirt um, that was donated by the, um, you know, Julia Rose and the, the Remembering Peter McWilliams uh, yeah, organization. Yeah, I heard you speak. I'm going to yeah. send you a, a, a T-shirt. I'd be honored. Thank you so much. The only, the only decision is if you me. You need to take a picture in it so that I can send back oh. to Julia. That was that was yeah. my um, my promise to Julia is that the people that we gave the shirts to, we'd get pictures of, of them wearing them. Proudly. Ed, thank you. Yeah. So I wanted to say one more thing. That sentence that you say about public sentiment. Yes. About about anything is possible with public sentiment. Oh yes. That That is really where I'm coming from, and every time you say that. So in my little world, I just try and ring that bell or do anything I can to get that public sentiment building. Like we're all building this army together, and even though we're not maybe all doing like, you know, would be in a perfect world, we're all mentally and in our consciousness, we're all together with you on that, you know. So I think that public sentiment is also a lot in our hearts and souls, even though we're not doing, it's an internal doing and, and we're building and we're getting stronger all the time. And thank you, Joe, for being that source of letting all these like-minded people uh, come together for like minds. <laughs> makes sense. Well, it's an, it's an yeah. honor and a privilege to, to be fighting <laughs> along with you. And uh, I, I will send this t-shirt out your way um, awesome. uh, tomorrow. So there uh, we go. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Once again, okay. Dee Kirkwood, she's a, a warrior and a scholar and an amazing person, and uh, she has been so supportive of the lifers especially, um, and so she gets surprised just for being her. <laughs> All right. Um, let's 
let's see, what do we got? We got 52 minutes left in the show, and we got Creed Leffler. We're going to bring him in in a minute. I want to talk for a second, and again, of course, um, that quote that Didi was referring to was actually a quote from Abraham Lincoln, and he said, with public sentiment, anything is possible, and without it, nothing is possible. And I saw that um, in a federal courtroom one day, or a, a courthouse, and they had a statue, they have currently today a statue of Abraham Lincoln, and uh, inscribed underneath that statue was those words. And I really, uh, it, it struck it struck a chord with me. And I... I got it. Um, you know, obviously, or maybe not obviously, but if you don't know, Abraham Lincoln is certainly a uh, somebody who has inspired and continues to inspire me, even though he hasn't been around for a while. So his words um, were well articulated, and his ideas were, in my opinion, to be mirrored. Um, all right, so I want to I want to go. I'm, I'm I'm here on the Congress.gov site and. You know, so many people and so many groups and so many things, the answer is we got to pass a law. You know, man, like we got to get this law passed. Well, let's look at this and let's just see the laws that we have and where they're at. So let's begin. These are all laws that are currently in Congress, stuck in committee. And this is where it's at. This is what's going on right now. And these are with the key word of marijuana and prohibition. Okay? So we have H.R. 1823, the the Marijuana Review and Regulation Act. Okay? And this is um, got nine co-sponsors. It was introduced in March of last year. It's passed the House. It's introduced. It's introduced. It hasn't done crap. It's stuck in the Ways and Means Committee, and that's the deal. That's the latest action. Um, the latest action was March 30, 2017. Oh, what? The day it was introduced, referred to the House Committee on Ways and Means. That's it. Wah, 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 wah. That's what's happened with that one. Okay, go to the next one. Senate Bill 776. The Marijuana Revenue and Regulation Act. Oh, well, it's the same bill. Got introduced into the House and the Senate. Guess what? Same thing. Referred, read twice and referred to the Committee on Finance. Oh, what? On March 30th, 2017, the day it was introduced. Wah, 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 wah. Nothing. Zero. Here we go. Here's another one. H.R. 1841. The Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol Act. <coughs> Excuse me. That one makes me a little sick to my stomach. Okay. Um, this was introduced March 30th, 2017. Looks like that was a big day for introducing cannabis legislation. Um, let's see what happened. Oh, latest action on 4-24-2017. It was referred to the Subcommittee on Conservation and Forestry. Back in April 2017, where it sits today. Wah, 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 wah. All right, let's go on to the fourth bill. H.R. 3391, Medical Marijuana Research Act of 2017. Here we go. Introduced July 25th. Seven co sponsors. Seven! <laughs> Seven co sponsors. Nothing. 
All right. The latest action in 9:26, two months later, referred to the Subcommittee on Crime, Terrorism, Security, Homeland Security, and Investigations. Nothing. Zero zip. There it sits. Okay. Here we go. Senate Bill 780, responsibly addressing the marijuana policy gap to 2017. Introduced 330 co-sponsors. Read twice and referred to the Committee on Finance. Nothing. Didn't even get off the ground. All right. Senate, or uh, H.R. 1824. Sorry about that. Once again, introduced 330-2017. Eight co-sponsors. Last action, 424, April 24, 2017, referred to the Subcommittee on Immigration and Border Security, where it sits today for a year with nothing. Womp, womp. All right. And these are all pot bills sitting in Congress today. Okay? Let's pass a law. This is what happens when we try to pass a law in our Congress today. Okay? That's what's going on. Seventh bill, the Marijuana Justice Act of 2018, introduced January 17. Hey, this one's got a little bit of action here. It's got 37 co-sponsors. Latest action in February of 2018. Um, it was referred to the Subcommittee on Conservation and Forestry. So it's been referred to... Uh, it was introduced in the House in January, referred to the Committee on the Judiciary, um, in addition to the Committees on Energy, Commerce, Agricultural, Natural Resources, Financial Services, for a period to be subsequently determined by the Speaker, in each case for consideration of such provisions as fall within the jurisdiction. <laughs> Sorry, folks. That's your legislative process. All right, let's see what's next. Again, this is what you guys all want, right? We'll pass the law. Let's do this. Pass the law. Woo. All right. Um, we got HR 181824, responsibly addressing the marijuana policy gap of 2017. That's both a Senate bill and a House bill. Uh, introduced 330-2017. This is two different bills. Um, zero co-sponsors on one, eight on the next one. Okay, then we got 37. All right, here we go. Uh, the Marijuana Justice Act of 2017. This is the eighth bill that is in Congress right now, the eighth one. Um, August 1st, 2017, read and twice referred to the Committee on the Judiciary, and there it sits. Nothing. Four co-sponsors. All right. Oh, here we go. Now, this is one that's come somewhat interesting. This is one that I think is the same one that I heard um, Kamala Harris uh, talking about. Maybe this one could be the one that somebody gets behind. Ending Federal Marijuana Prohibition Act of 2017. Hey, that sounds know. interesting, right? Ending Federal Prohibition Act. Um, this is currently sitting in here. There's 34 co-sponsors. Um, let's read it. Let's see what it says. This was introduced in February 27th of 2017. This bill amends the Controlled Substances Act to provide 
that the Act's regulatory controls and administrative, civil, and criminal penalties do not apply to it with respect to marijuana. Well, that sounds brilliant. What the hell, folks? Why isn't anybody talking about this? It's been sitting there for a year and two months. Not a word. I don't hear crap. I don't hear any of the major activist organizations pitching this thing. Why? What's going on, folks? Where are you? Where's the where, where's the lobbyists? Where's all that? 501c4s. Why aren't we pushing this? It removes marijuana and tetrahydrocannabinols from Schedule 1, a Schedule 1 controlled substances, a drug substance or chemical that has high potential for abuse and has no currently medical accepted value and is subjected to regulatory controls and administrative, civil, criminal, and criminal penalties under the Controlled Substances Act. Additionally, it eliminates criminal penalties for an individual who imports, exports, manufactures, distributes, or possesses with intent to distribute. Whoa, sounds like prohibition. This bill, however, does make it a crime to knowingly ship or transport marijuana into a state where its receipt, possession, or sale is prohibited. Well, at least it puts it into states' rights. A violator is subject to criminal penalties of fine, a prison term of up to one year. One year or both. Hey, that seems like something that I should be hearing a whole lot more about. But I don't. I don't know why. We're just throwing it out there. Let's see what else we got. Although that, to me, I don't know. I'd say I'd be raising my hand on that one. But there it sits. Last action in the House, 316-2017, referred to the Subcommittee on Crime, Terrorism, Homeland Security, and Investigations. That's the ninth cannabis bill in Congress right now. The ninth. Ninth. Let's go to the tenth. Here we go. H.R. 331, the State's Medical Marijuana Property Rights Protection Act. This was uh, introduced... um, January 2017, over a year ago, last action, January 31st, six co-sponsors. Wah, 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 wah. HR, this is number 11, HR 4816, Stop Civil Asset Forfeiture Funding for Marijuana Suppression Act of 2018, introduced in January of this year for co-sponsors. Wah, 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 wah. Nothing sitting in the Committee on Crime. Terrorism, Homeland Security, and Investigations. Number 12, the 12th bill in Congress currently today, right now. What's that? Midterm elections? What? Are we having them right now? Is Congress seats actually up in the balance? Could it be? Nah. Anyways, let's go back to our show. Uh, HR 2020. Number 12, to provide for the rescheduling of marijuana into Schedule 3 of the Controlled Substances Act. I'm not even going to read that because that's the worst idea ever. Okay, here we go. This is an interesting one. We talked about this one more than once. This is H.R. 975, da Respect States Marijuana Law Act of 2017. This is the revision of... H.R. 1523, the Respect States Marijuana Laws Act of 2013. 
Four years later, Dana Rohrbacher, a Republican from Orange County, introduced this thing, and again, it's another short one, says, except states that want it. That's it. Five lines. It's a real simple bill. What do we got? Oh, we got 45 co-sponsors. This is the second incarnation of this bill. It sat there for four years, and this is what we got, 45. How many congressmen do we have? Oh, yeah, a lot more than 45, huh? Last action, 2-10-2017. More than a year ago, the last thing happened. Refer to the Subcommittee on Health. Wah, wah. Here we go. The 14th bill currently in Congress right now. The career, oh, that's, no, we're, we're past it. Now we're in the Careers Act. All right, so <coughs> we have 13, 13 bills in Congress right now. 13. Do we need another one? Do we need another one? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer to that. Here, why don't you give Georgie a call? Okay, we can do that. Um, I really think that if we could get ourselves together and we could make a decision that we really want to end prohibition, I think, imagine this world, okay? Imagine a world where you could wake up in the morning and you could look out your window wherever you lived. You could live in a association condo or house or, or duplex or apartment, and you could have a cannabis plant sitting on your front porch, in your front yard, in your backyard. You could have a row of them. You could create a hedgerow of cannabis plants. Nobody would care because they were all over the place. You might live in a city where they didn't like the smell or they didn't, you know, want it there. Well, that's great. Don't live in that city. You know, there's all kinds of ordinances that decide they don't want things. But the federal law would say, we don't say anything. It's a plan. What the hell are we got to say about it? Okay? Imagine that we live in a world where the prison have dangerous people in them only. And we don't have people that are locked up anymore for uh, conspiracy to distribute marijuana, <laughs> cultivate marijuana to, and I say marijuana because that's what they say. I'm not saying marijuana because that's what I call it. I call it cannabis because that's its name. We know that. We're not having that discussion here. We're a little bit, that's a, that's a 101 discussion. This is a 201 discussion here. So imagine we wake up in the morning, we look out at our beautiful cannabis plants, or maybe we're bummed out because a gopher ate one. It happens. They're plants. They're plants. Things happen. The wind blows them down. You know, the idea of having five or six of them as being the only way to do it makes no sense because anybody who's ever grown any kind of plants realizes that you got to grow more than you need because sometimes things happen. Okay? Now, there's a downside to this. You'd live in a world where if you grew a plant outside, it would probably make seeds because everybody would be growing it and there would be lots of pollen in the air. All right. 
That's the sacrifice we make. That's one of the things that we would give up by having this freedom. There's not a lot of pot falling in the air right now because there's not a lot of pot. Even though there's <clears throat> a lot of people growing it, they're pretty careful as a rule to keep the pollen from flying. As the hemp fields are starting to grow, there's going to be more of that. But so what? That's the way it is. You want to grow pot without seeds, then grow it indoors. Grow it in a greenhouse. Grow it in a place that you can protect it from the pollen. That's not a problem. Anybody can do that if they want to. If you go to the grocery store, you might find pot flowers there, or you certainly would find in the drugstore or the grocery store or the local liquor store some sort of concoction that might have cannabis in it because why not? It's just an herbal medicine like so many others. It would be cheap because it's easy to grow. It's plentiful. It wouldn't be any more expensive than any other similar type thing. Um, certainly there might be very boutique, fancy products made out of it that would be more expensive, concentrates that were fancy and, and maybe some boutique strains or whatever, things that cater to a specific market, a niche. So what? There's fancy, expensive beers and wines and tulips and whatever, saffron. There's all kinds of expensive spices. <clears throat> Treat it like that. The idea of having the regulations the way that we have in California, as I'm currently dealing with lots of people that are in the process or have the desire to get licensed, the bureaucratic hoops that people have to jump through, the prices that people are going to have to pay, the, the hassles, the, the, the risks, the money that has to go out, the people that have to sell their souls to investors because they can't afford to do it on their own, all the problems that come from this when it's a crop, it's a row crop, it's just like any other crop that we might grow for sunflowers or, you know, just pick your crop, tomatoes, kale, chamomile, whatever, any kind of crop that people grow as a supplement. Imagine if you got pulled over and you had some cannabis in your car, it would be looked at as like a cigarette might be looked at today or a vape pen or uh, whatever, some other innocuous thing. And perhaps we would have to actually get some common sense about driving under the influence. Imagine if we had, and this is a little bit on a tangent, but it's part of my vision, so fuck it. I get to have my vision. Imagine if we had a, a, a mechanism that would actually uh, interpret our cognizance, which we could easily have. Imagine if you got pulled over for a DUI and you actually would have to sit in a car and, and uh, do a performance test of some sort. Simulator. They have that stuff. It's easy and cheap. A little video game. Go play the video game. You get enough points, you're all right. You don't, maybe we got to look at you a little closer. Common sense could dictate the money that could be saved in law enforcement. The problem is, as, as I don't know, we've discussed so many times, and um, you folks are not participating in enough to keep my rants from happening. So I encourage you, if this bores you or bothers you, to call in and voice your opinion. 
Anyways, the point is, if common sense prevailed here, we would be aware of the amount of money that's seized by pot people or of, from pot people. Um, and it's, I think, I believe it's more than three quarters of the DEA's total asset seizures, and then those numbers are out there. Um, we would be mindful and aware that the prison guards union, the lobbyists that lobby against us, the roadblocks that occur currently right now in these committees. Why do you think these laws are not moving forward? Well, who do you think is keeping them from moving forward? Lawmakers. Who are these lawmakers being influenced by? Lobbyists. Who are these lobbyists? The prison guards union, the tobacco industry, the alcohol industry, the pharmaceutical industry, the chemical industry, all of these different industries are putting money to people to say, hey, don't let this thing out of committee. You think that's not happening? <laughs> Study your civics a little bit, folks. Learn how it happens in Congress. Learn the reality of what happens when you elect somebody <clears throat> that doesn't have the stones to stand up against some of these yahoos. The influence of a lobby is powerful. When somebody comes to you and says, hey, Mr. Senator, hey, Mr. Representative, I'd sure like to sit with you and maybe propose a little thing or two, or certainly like to whisper in your ear and tell you what I think, and oh, by the way, here's a lovely gift, here's a contribution to your, to your campaign, here's whatever the hell lobbyists are allowed to do, here's a bunch of that. Oh, well, thank you, little lady. I'll take that into consideration, and then they come back next week, and they do it again. They come back next week, and they do it again. And that kind of stuff starts feeling awful nice. Look at the state of politics today, folks. Look at it and wonder, how is it happening? Why is it happening? Why aren't we stopping it? That's what's going on. So, again, my vision is one of freedom. Why not treat it like a plant? Why not it just be normal? Why not it just be something that we don't have to go, what about the children? What about the children? You show me one example of a child who has ever died from pot. Oh, wait, you can't, because nobody's died from pot. Don't you think if even one child had died from pot that we would have lost this entirely? Don't you think that if one child had died from pot? You know how many kids die from baby aspirin every year? You know how many kids drown in the water every year? You know how many kids die from every kind of overdose of every kind of legal drug? Odds. Give me some numbers. I'll share them with you. The way it is. Oh, here. Take that and tell George to call the radio show. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm digressing just a bit. All right, let's go ahead and talk to Creed Leffler. Creed has been on the show numerous times. Let me go ahead and pull up. His petition that he has on change.org. And let's see what we got here. Or no, it's moveon.org. Sorry about that. Let me get, get this thing right. And here we go. All right. So Creed Leffler has got a petition to remove uh, from the Schedule 1, to remove marijuana from the Schedule 1 controlled substance. However, as you can see, we already have a bill in Congress about that. So I want to maybe bring this to Creed's attention, and maybe we can do modify a petition um, to get this 
damn thing out of committee. Maybe we should uh, address the committee that it's in currently. So let's go back to this as we're having an educational show right now. Um, and let's go back to this. So currently, again, today, we have Ending Federal Marijuana Prohibition Act of 2017. Currently, it's sponsored by uh, Republican Garrett Thomas A. Jr. and co-sponsored by 34 congresspeople. It's currently in the House Energy and Commerce and Judiciary Committees, and there it sits. It's been sitting there um, since March of 2017. I'm wondering if we didn't get one of these petitions together to address all of these committees that it's in and say, why don't we bring this to a friggin' vote? I don't know. Maybe that's a good idea. But I'm here to support Creed and his notion, so let's read it. This is Creed's uh, petition. To be delivered to President Donald Trump, the United States House of Representatives, the United States Senate, petition to remove marijuana from Schedule One controlled substances list. To whom this may concern, marijuana, medical marijuana has been on the Schedule One controlled substance list since 1970. This prohibition has greatly inhibited our access to research material. I believe that people are scared of marijuana due to the fact that there is not enough medical research on this plant. Once we get marijuana off Schedule 1, certain research will increase exponentially. We need for, cert for further research specifically on how cannabis affects the brain. Right now, it's too hard to secure permits. We, the undersigned asks that marijuana be removed from the Schedule 1 controlled substance list for the sake of further research and medical discovery. We now have 6,256 signatures, and we need 7,500. Now, Creed um, has been on this show numerous times. We've done a continued drive to get these signatures. Um, he's trying to get 350,000, but we're starting to try to get 7,500. And Creed Leffler right now, is uh, he's a 24-year-old male with cerebral palsy, and he believes that certain properties of the cannabis plant help with spasticity, but he would like to be to do more research having to do with the brain, specifically the brains of people with CP. Unless we remove marijuana from the Schedule One controlled substance list, we cannot do this research effectively. And I wholeheartedly agree with Creed. And so in the last um, day, today alone, uh, we've got, uh, I don't know, more than a dozen signatures. So uh, once again, if Lisa can put the address on this, it's petitions.moveon.org, sign forward slash petition dash two dash remove dash marijuana. Um, and we'll go ahead and put that up there. So here we go. Creed Leffler, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, this is Virginia Speech and Speech Operator 1205. The caller's message is, hi, Joe. I have some news for you, both good and bad. I just found oh. out one of my favorite I just found out one of my favorite YouTubers channels got taken down supposedly because of her weedy content. She's even helped me out in the past. She promoted me once and got me 400 signatures in 4 days, so I want to give back to her and all of the weed tubers, so to speak, and to create a petition to make YouTube reinstate their accounts, especially hers. Her name is Silenced Hippie, 
Can someone contact me to help me with that? If someone will write it, I will promote it. But due to my disability, I cannot type easily. Plus, I already have a petition going on, so I don't want to get too many in my name. Now, on to the good news. We currently have 6,256 signatures. I'm hoping to get to 6,300 by tonight at midnight. Can you help us get there? Thanks for becoming a Canvocate today. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And absolutely, Creed, we are here to help. And uh, uh, I will continue to promote this. And regardless of of what's currently in Congress or not. We support this notion, and it needs to be said in more ways, more languages, by more people, and if it becomes a drumbeat, it becomes a mantra. If it becomes a mantra, it can affect public sentiment, and if it affects public sentiment, we will see the affected change, the desired change. So, Creed, absolutely. Um, we're going to post it up on the, uh, the wall of this uh, um, this live feed that we're doing right now, and if anybody uh, is willing to help out um, Creed with this other petition, please get in touch with me, 951-436-6312, uh, or send a message on my public page, and I will make sure that Creed gets the information and we'll make it happen. So, you know, anytime I hear about uh, censorship, um, I've been, I've been deluge with censorship. I've had um, merchant services and and um, companies that won't process my company's, uh, you know, uh, products because they're hemp-based products. And they don't want to touch it because the word hemp is somehow connected to it. And I think to myself, in a world where we've got these laws sitting or these bills sitting in Congress, literally stale for a year, and we have uh, the potential. We have all these states' rights that are happening. We have products that are being sold in, in, in mainstream. It's becoming mainstream, and yet the banks won't take your money. So we got a lot of work to do, Creed. Um, if you've got something and, specific to say, I, I welcome you. And she's a YouTuber in a legal state. Absolutely, and I think that, you know, this we need to maybe bombard YouTube with these kind of, of videos. You know, are they going to shut them all down? That's kind of my answer is to overgrow everything, you know. Let's, let's all get involved. Let's all do this. They can't stomp on everybody. And if we let YouTube know that, you know, we're not okay with this, uh, YouTube makes a lot of money. They make a lot of money, and, and I know there's a lot of people out there, you know, trying to get their five minutes of fame, but bottom line is if we spoke with one voice, YouTube would respond. They would act. They would do what we want. So, Creed, I appreciate you being here. I welcome you every week, and uh, we will. We just posted up the address to your Move On uh, petition, and hopefully um, we'll watch those numbers spike again. I know that we've had, every time we've we've talked on this, show, I've seen at least some uh, some new signatures. So if you haven't already, no. please get in and sign it. And if, even if you have, you can share it and let other people know about it. Joe, no, can you do me a favor and call me after the show? 
I will do that, absolutely. Um, Hang on, I'm going to write your in. number down right now while I'm sitting here. So I got it on my book here. All right, there's a pregnant pause for you folks. All right, Creed, let me call you after the show. And we're running out of time, so I'm going to move along. But uh, Creed Leffler, he's a warrior, and he's not letting any disability get in his way. And we need to stand up with Creed. We need to speak out. We need to be the voice. We need to all stand together and speak with one voice. So, Creed, I appreciate you, and uh, I'll, I'll call you when I'm done with the show. You need my number. I have it. I just took it off of the off of the board. Four three four nine nine six. Does that sound right? Yeah. All right. I got you. I'll call you in a bit. Thank you. All right. Once again, folks, Creed Leffler, and again, he's uh, spearheading, pioneering, and promoting the end of prohibition, and that's what this show is all about. Let's end prohibition. All right. We have um, George Martirano joining us right now, and George is a regular to the show. He's another warrior. He's a man who endured 32 years of incarceration. That's what we're here trying to stop. We're here trying to make it to where there is no more George Martiranos that have to go through their life knowing that they spent 32 years languishing in prison for pot, which makes just no sense to me. And if we can make this world where that can't happen anymore, then I can assure you we've made the world a better place. George Marcherano, as always, we welcome you to the show. Hey, Joe. How are you doing? How's my West Coast family? How's Liz? How's everybody? We're doing fantastic. We're having a great day today. Yeah, well, tonight I want to relay something uh, personal. I want to relay something from the heart. You know, uh you know, cannabis, marijuana, weed, pot, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, it all started way back when with a personal thing with some friends. Uh, you, you, uh, you were fortunate to get a little weed, nickel bag, dime bag, and you roll the joint, and you got with your friends, and uh, especially on a date. And you, know, you smoked something, and you got high, and you felt good. And then you went uh, maybe to an ice cream parlor or a pizza place. Well, that's how we all evolved, ladies and gentlemen. It's not about these uh, these movements. It's not about uh, these uh, suit tie guys in Colorado, etc. It's all about the end of the sea with the individual that they had with the cannabis plant. That's where it all started. So, you know, we lose we lose our way, you know. Uh, you know, no one knows better than me about suffering. I did 32-plus years on Valentine's first defender, but the reason I did 35-plus years with cannabis uh, is basically because when I was a young guy, I fell in love with cannabis, and it was part of my life. And, you know, I rolled the joint with some pretty girl under the boardwalk and Wildwood, Atlantic City, etc. And it was a way of life. It was a way of life. It was enjoyment. And 
you know, we had a little bit of fear, and then evolved, and uh, you grow older, and then the fear grew bigger, bigger, and bigger. And that is totally unacceptable. It's a totally a shame because it all started with an emotional thing. I want everybody tonight's show to think back. Think back when you're sitting on a park bench or you're sitting on a grassy knoll with that someone that you really cared about and you had a few puffs and all of a sudden you start laughing and all of a sudden a little while later you went to an ice cream parlor and you really had a good evening and you woke up in the morning with no uh, addiction, with no hangover, that's what we're all about. That's what it all started. Do not forget those early days, how we all started. Please do not forget those early days because that's what it's all about. Now, fast forward, we're all older, and guess what? We still basically are the same way. You just want to <laughs> smoke a joint with that friend. Be free. Yeah, I mean, me and Joe, we love to be together, just walk down a road and smoke a joint. That's what this is all about. Do not lose that. Do not lose that essence of essence of niceness. That's all it is, a little essence of niceness. That's where we're all about. And we have suffered from it. We have been incarcerated from it. And it's not... It's it's not fair in the eyes of the angels and the eyes of God because, you know, cannabis is a plant. It was put down on earth way before we were born. I wanted to share that with everyone tonight. Please, it's a little essence from yesteryears, all those years ago, and we're involved with where we are today, Joe. Well, you know, George, I, I want to bring up one little point, and I think this is important. I've been, I've been studying the brain and how the brain works and how memories work. And, you know, if you attach a memory to a, a feeling, your brain will replay that memory for you in a, in, a, in a specific way. And when you painted that picture of hanging out with your friends and smoking pot, I immediately smiled. I, I thought back to... A thousand times, a thousand people, a thousand friends, a thousand places of doing just that very thing, sitting down, smoking a joint with my friends. And I smiled, George. I smiled. I thought back of a, of a nice, relaxing, beautiful experience. And never once did I ever smoke a joint with a friend, and it was like a, a terror, you know. It was never a, a, a negative, anxious moment. It was always a good and positive thing, and you have to think about that. You just have to think. Just think, about, just think about all these world difficulties. Imagine Kim Jong-un and the President Trump, you know, all this difficult. Just sitting down and smoking a joint and talking about the problems. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I, it can work. We could get world peace, I'm telling you. It's just every, everything will be worked out. I mean... You know, I uh, I administrate much as I can. You know, the people that are real, the people, and I just tell them, just enjoy it. Enjoy it. 
We enjoyed it when we were young. We enjoyed it. We did it. We did it in the shadows, which was wrong. Not for us. It was wrong for society to make us. But we enjoyed it. And, you know, you get like five, six kids under the boardwalk. Remember the, remember the song, Under the Boardwalk? Ooh. Oh, yeah. So you're, you're under the boardwalk. And, you know, this little girl, she's 15 or 16. She came from a very that night. She came from a very traumatic family situation. We didn't know it. She kept it to right. herself when he left that joint. And you see this kid smile, and she forgot about being beat up uh, and, and, and harsh family sur- uh, surrounding, whatever. It was a part of it was a part of us growing up. So here we are today, older, and we're still we're still fighting it. It's it's it's. I, I don't know. I, like I said, well, how do you label it? You don't label it. The only way you can label it is what we're doing. A uh, cup of Joe radio show, me with my uh, my speaking. It's just we're, we're just just good people trying to relay something good. That's all we're doing, Joe. I couldn't agree with you more, my friend. I couldn't agree with you more. All right, George. Well, as yeah. always, I, I appreciate your thoughts and and you're solidifying this message that we're bringing out as to why we do this. We're, what what is this all about, and what more can we do? So. Um, Listen, listen, I could, I don't care if it's Dracula, Frankenstein, or whoever. You smoke a joint with them, and it's it's water under the bridge. Everything's cool. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. <laughs> All right, brother. All right. All right. Well, Peace. I'll see you soon. Well, Thank you very much. Peace. Once again, I'll see, you. I'll see you soon. Yes, you will. You absolutely will. My my brother oh. from another mother, George Martirano from the East oh. Coast. We're always pleased to talk to you. All right, folks, we're uh, we're we're down to the down to the last few minutes here. Um, we got Tom Corby to give us the NorCal report, and uh, I'm gonna wind her up here real quick. Tom Corby, welcome to the show. You know, it looks like I stumped you all. Um, I haven't even gotten. Anybody with a with a try on this? Um, who was the very first court support that the Human Solution did? Besides my case, um, it was a pretty famous case at the time. Anybody remember? Just throwing it out there. All right, I yield to you, my friend. What's going on? Uh, well, thank you, Joe. Coffee Party Radio. Novels on the front line. Uh, I look at my calendar, and it's blank pretty much. What's that say? I brought this out before. When you take on this trial, you start throwing those dismissed probable cause motions, and you start subpoenaing, subpoenaing, that's a tough one, a tongue twister, uh, all, all of them, we get all your discovery. It generally backs them down, like with Nick Moran, Frank Canan here with me again today. Uh, they will they will tell you one of the most important things and why they they might have taken a deal at one point. Nick Moran almost took a deal, and he asked me. I said I still wouldn't, even though it's a, it's a hellacious deal with Tully. And 
uh, but I will still support you. Whatever decision you make, well, he stood his ground. Of course, it's a historical uh, acquittal in uh, Butte County up here in Oroville. So advocacy uh, is is just some legal guidance, some basic when, when a defendant again gets, gets out of jail or prison, he will tell you, going to be freaking out. Again, you're going to be misled, scared. Uh, you're going to be lost, alone, and broke. And this is where the human solution can help. Uh, I want to yell, uh, say a, a legalization. I uh, finally got it. It took me a couple years, like many. Uh, we finally realized legalization is just more laws and regulation that screw us mom and pop growers. Uh, AUMA now, even though they are not incarcerating as many defendants, they're bringing asset forfeiture. They're putting liens on people's house. Better, I can assure you. Yeah. So uh, an asset forfeiture, I'll bring out something about my case a lot of people don't know. Uh, we were up against the IRS uh, for $360,000 bail. Uh, they, they had a lien on, on our house. Uh, we gave up our life savings of almost $25,000 to save our house. This is unacceptable, and we must fight against uh, asset forfeiture. I want to shout out right here, right now, this week, D.D. Kirkwood, and congratulate her, thank her for all she does, honey. Uh, I, I'm pretty much out of things to say. I used to be uh, not a man of brevity, and now I am because I have less to say. Uh, <laughs> there are reports. Uh, there were up on Table Mountain here. Uh, there's a recent bus. Uh, 2,200 plants. Uh, my mindset is when I hear a lot of plants, uh, I feel that how are you going to take care of them all uh, it, it, and really give them so and get the really good medicine. So when we grow and we grow completely organic and it makes all the world difference and having the best medicine for our patients. I want to thank everybody today, Joe, and uh, remind you once again, uh, don't forget to breathe. I will continue breathing, and I appreciate you and everything you do, Tom Corby. And uh, you know what? I, I, I feel good that maybe you get a little more time to spend in your garden and not have to be tramping all over courtrooms uh, across across your county as much. So uh, we got a long way to go, but nonetheless, uh, you know, we're, we're gaining on it in some ways. Once again, Tom Corby with the NorCal Report. We appreciate you as always. All right, folks, um, I want to do a little announcement again. Um, I got something I'm going to announce, but I just, I don't know, this isn't the show for it. Um, you'll have to maybe check it out next week. Maybe next week I'll unveil uh, an unveiling but remember, in September, it's now May, and uh, you've heard of a May-September situation. Well, this is a May-September situation. In September, the Human Solution International has its biannual or, I don't know, every other year election. 
biennials twice a year. But anyways, it doesn't matter. Every other year we have an election, whereas the entirety of the board and all of its executive directors um, are either reaffirmed or replaced. And every single active member, meaning you are a sitting active member, um, has an opportunity to participate um, as a candidate. And uh, I think you have to be a member for two years to qualify to be a candidate, but there are exceptions to that. And I know that we have uh, some people that would qualify for those exceptions. Um, and every single member has a vote. And we'll be coordinating um, next month the voting process. We, we reevaluate it every time we do an election. And uh, we're going to make it as easy as possible. And remember, this is an all-volunteer 501c3 nonprofit organization that's here. Um, the positions are a job that requires an effort. And uh, if you're serious about it, there's a place in this organization for you. The team that we have today is the strongest team we've ever had the most cohesive team we've ever had, and um, we're, you know, re-strategizing. Remember, every seven years, you're a new person. You have all new cells, all new molecules. Your body is no longer what it was seven years ago. And this organization is almost 10 years old. We've already gone through it. It's actually kind of funny because in our seventh years, when we went through a giant change and this new incarnation that's almost three years old now is much stronger than the previous incarnation was. And we're moving forward in a very clear and direct way. We're working together uh, with teamwork in a way we never have before. And um, it's exciting. What we're doing today, folks, is making history. The history we're making is the end of prohibition. There were people that were fundamental in the civil rights movement. When the Civil Rights Act was passed, there were people that caused that to happen. That was a law that needed to be passed. When the, the slavery was abolished, when women got their rights uh, to vote and own property and all of those things, every major marker that we've had as a society was marked by the people that helped bring it up. And we, we are all part of this history that is ending prohibition. And I'm proud of that, and I'm proud of you, and I'm asking you to help it out. Let's make it happen, folks, and we'll see you next week. Thank you to Lisa, my vice president, for helping make this uh, podcast possible. Thank you for non-compliant Mary for being an amazing screener and an interjector whenever it's important. And and thank you to Glenn Keeling to win a prize. And maybe next week we'll get a little more input on this. I got prizes to give away. But we need questions and we need answers, and we can't have prizes without questions and or answers. Um, that's it for the week. We'll talk to you all next week. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant.